0: Welcome to CapeCast Audio 20. This is a 20-minute podcast from the City of Cape Coral. I'm Connie Barron. I'm the Public Information Director for the City. Each week we try to present a program that might be of interest to our citizens and our listeners out there. And today I have Mike Ilchison in studio. Mike is the Business Manager in the City Manager's Office among the many projects that he has on his plate right now, he's dealing with the small tooth sawfish, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment, but I'd like Mike to just tell the listening audience a little bit about himself.
1: Hey, good morning. Uh, I am currently working as the business manager in the city manager's office. Uh, prior to that, in this last reorg that the city council approved, I was in public works administration, and oversaw uh, various um, day-to-day operations in the water and sewer utilities, stormwater, environmental resources, uh, streets, transportation, fleet, and real estate. So in the last reorg, uh, the city manager at that time had pulled me into the city manager's office, and that's where I'm working out of today.
0: As I mentioned, uh, you have a lot of different projects on your plate, and you're probably going to be one of my regular guests here as we talk about those in the future. But today we want to talk about the small-tooth sawfish. For those listeners out there who may watch the Cape Cast news uh, video that I do on a weekly basis, you may have seen that I mentioned the small-tooth sawfish just a couple of weeks ago and that it was going to be of interest and quite a challenge to the city. So I, I want to talk to Mike about that because he's very involved with this project and how the city is addressing the small-tooth sawfish. But before we get into the details, Mike, what is a small-tooth sawfish?
1: Yeah, the small-tooth sawfish is a very interesting aquatic animal. Um, it lives in urehaline conditions, which relate to the salinity um, Degrees of salinity within a water body So it can live in salt water and In fresh freshwater uh, estuarine Type um, marine Locations It actually is in the family of rays So although uh, it has the title Fish it's, it's in the ray family um, It has a bill So unlike many fish Or, or similar to some billfish there's a bill Where um, so it looks Not like many of the rays that uh, People are familiar with And it has a, a very finite uh, critical habitat that it uh, has resided in, and uh, we happen to be in one of those one of those areas.
0: I've seen pictures of the small two sawfish, and it, it's very uh, unique looking. It has the bill like you're talking about, which looks like a saw, almost like yeah. a a, uh, a yard uh, trimmer. And then it has a body similar to a ray, Sure, so, sure. so it's very, very weird looking.
1: Yeah, the the uh, the bill could you know it represents about twenty five percent of the length of the of the species, and the teeth actually protrude outwards, so they're visible. Uh, you know, with, you know they don't actually use those teeth for you know grinding and cutting you know, as we would know, um, but they are still there, visible, and does resemble a uh, a hedge trimmer uh, on uh, face value.
0: And this is not a small fish.
1: No, they, they grow up to several feet, grow up to several feet in length.
0: Right now, what is the current status of the sawfish, and, and what does that mean for us and for anybody else?
1: Uh, on April 1st of 2003, uh, the small-tooth sawfish was listed in the Federal Register as an endangered species. Uh, we've been through a five-year review, uh, which occurred on May 21st of 2008. And and so that means that the level of protection for the species uh, and for its recovery to remain viable uh, is critical. And so then all activities that may impact that species or the habitat that it lives in are uh, placed under very uh, s- scrutinous review.
0: And who actually does that review?
1: The, the review is part of a consultation process with the Army Corps of Engineers, uh, and in a consultation process on the review of activities that would likely impact that uh species or its habitat, um, is consulted with the National Marine Fisheries.
0: um, Does the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, play any role in this at all?
1: Uh, Fish and Wildlife Service deals with, has certain things under their purview, manatees one, uh, but as far as the small two sawfish, the Endangered Species uh, Act, this this consultation is done under National Marine Fisheries.
0: Now, it it has officially then been listed as an endangered species. Correct. Okay. When... um, when did the city first get notified about the sawfish and, and that we probably would have to take some steps and, and address the presence or the habitat of it?
1: Yeah, the, the interesting thing is uh, the habitat, if, uh, we can go into, we'll can we go into a little bit of that. There are actually two critical habitat areas that the small tooth sawfish is known to reside. Those cover five counties, uh, Lee, Charlotte, Collier, Miami-Dade, and Monroe. And within those five counties, there are two distinct, two distinct uh, habitats known as the Charlotte Harbor area and the 10,000 Island area. So within the Charlotte Harbor area, that covers the Lee and Charlotte County. Um, for that area, um, we've always been in that. We've always known that we were there. And the way that our permits used to work prior to our most recent notice, which we are actually under uh, consultation with right now with the Army Corps of Engineers – uh, we were able to as a city issue marine activity permits uh, programmatically through an SAJ. Uh SA, happens to be SAJ ninety one. So uh, we we issue those permits under SAJ ninety one and what we do is we are actually giving the we are given the permission by the Army Corps of Engineers to go ahead and expedite those permits under us under certain conditions. Um Because of the recent five-year review that happened in 2008 and and the species continued to be listed as endangered, we've been notified that in our uh, renewal of that permit um, that we will most likely not be able to uh, continue to programmatically issue permits that relate directly to the small two sawfish habitat. Uh, And those activities include uh, seawall construction and uh, private boat ramps
0: what about dredging activity
1: there there are two types of uh, dredging activities that occur uh, one could be cons- is considered maintenance activity dredging um, for maintaining uh, navigation and for those permits the city has and uh, recently renewed a 10-year maintenance dredge permit the limits of where the dredge can actually remove spoil are such that they don't may not likely impact or impact the species so that permit was renewed um, dredging associated with private boat ramps or private uh, boat lifts that are within the you know first five foot of the seawall and you know re- actually reside in the in the habitat area that uh, that they're trying to protect right now f- to maintain the species those are right now we've been put on notice would still have to be a consultation through the Army Corps of Engineers.
0: I wanna step back just a little bit to something that you said, and that was about the actual habitat areas that you said there are two areas. That's that's very limited. And is there any reason why there are, those are the only two areas in the whole coastal, uh, the coastline of the state of Florida, which is very large, that it's only the Cape Coral area and the counties there and then the east coast over there with Miami-Dade?
1: Sure. Uh, there are sightings of the small two sawfish uh, throughout the Gulf region and on the east coast and even down into the Caribbean. However, um, the the way that um, National Marine Fisheries and through the Army Corps of Engineers um, – are trying to address the species recovery, which is then trying to get them out of the endangered listing into threatened and then eventually getting to, you know, full, you know, full recovery, they are trying to address the uh, critical habitat that enables juvenile small tooth sawfish to be able to forage and then to grow into full maturity and then, and move onward. And what the uh, sightings, uh, there is a sighting database. So as, uh, you know, you may have seen f- pictures that say, if you've seen me, call, if you catch me, call. Uh, so there is a national saw to, small tooth sawfish encounter database that is uh, is monitored, and those sightings are reported. And by and large, over the last decade, what they found is that the um the encounters that were occurring were occurring in this region in the southwest florida region and through the research that's taken place what they found is that uh, when i mentioned that there were two areas what i was really meaning is that there were two geographic areas that they were trying to address to protect the habitat in that area but more sp- more specifically drilling down from a from the regional aspect there is actually a very small uh, zone in the water column, or or the actually how close it is to the bank that these these fish a- or these rays actually reside, and that is in a like a three foot the f- uh, m- below mean low wa- mean low water, so they have about a three foot um, water range and uh, close to uh, mangrove habitat.
0: Oh, okay. When that, that, and we have a lot of the mangrove habitat and so, around And Cape so,
1: Paul. when you look at um, when they, you know, prepare the reports for actually listing the uh, species, they have to do habitat. Uh, they have to review habitat impacts where that habitat occurs, where the height, where the sightings are, and they also do economic review. Uh, for for uh, you know for listing any species, there is an economic impact. So part of the whole process of you know, designating a species endangered involves all of those types of reviews well in advance of, you know, designating them and then, uh, you know, seeking to protect the habitat. So certainly, Lee County, Charlotte County, the Ten Thousand Islands—you know, there there is a very mangrove uh, habitat shoreline.
0: It seems like um, with those limited areas, that it's going to be quite a challenge to allow the spe- to to get to the point where the species can recover from an endangered status and maybe move to a th- even a threatened status because it's such a limited area where the critical habitat exists
1: yeah, that's a correct and i th- you know and fortunately or unfortunately depending how you want to look at it i mean we live in that area that the species you know is is you know still th- thriving in and still uh, still here so you know in order to protect that species that habitat is as we've said is what they're trying to protect um and so we have it here, and we need to protect it. Interestingly, for the city of Cape Coral, um, if you review the data that we they have posted in that uh, sawfish encounter database, you'll see that um, although our, the city of Cape Coral canal system, as you may know, doesn't have many mangroves, uh, it's not just the mangrove habitat that they live in. There, also are, there are many sightings in the canal system, primarily in the southeast section of the Cape, uh, and, you know, those those are all primarily seawalled. So they're obviously, in that instance, looking at, you know, the three-foot tidal area up against the seawall and out from the shoreline.
0: It seems like um, the city's taking a different approach to this particular issue with the small two sawfish than what occurred several years ago with the threatened manatee. Um, it seems like we're being far more proactive in our approach with the federal agencies and the state agencies to try to address this so that the impact is mitigated for uh, those residents who may want to build a seawall and some of the marina activity.
1: Yeah, you know, we've been working with Army Corps now for several years. Uh, You know, we just, like I said, we just renewed our 10-year maintenance dredging permit. So this comes on the heels of that. And You know, we we developed a good relationship with them there. We certainly know that the ability to issue uh, permits under the SAJ comes from the authority through the Army Corps of Engineers, so um, it's not that we, um, you know, we're not taking an adversarial stance here. We know that that the species of rays, the sawfish, is here. We know that we are in the critical habitat that needs to be protected to maintain uh, the species, and however, we do know that... um, we have a large portion of undeveloped, single-family, residential, pre-prodded lots. And so there are, as I've stated, there would be economic uh, development impacts related to um, any delays. And so we're trying to find the best way to seek um, getting permits through the Army Corps and through um, the system in order to not in- inhibit you know the permitting you know the growth of those single-family lots.
0: How are we doing that right now? I know we've started to have reg- regular meetings with the um, parties that are impacted by the presence of the critical habitat and the sawfish itself. So what are we doing right now?
1: Yeah um, for the last three weeks and for the next couple of weeks we've been meeting uh, weekly on Wednesday afternoons. We have uh, in our environmental resource superintendent. We have a uh, um, Professionals from the Department of Community Development that actually were issuing the um, dock and seawall permits. We have uh, professionals from our site development and review that do uh, commercial uh, permitting. We have invited Lee County, the government of Lee County, uh, to attend our meetings because, interestingly, they do not issue permits themselves for seawalls and, and docks. What they do is they require any developer to come forward with the Army Corps permit in hand prior to issuing a local government permit. Uh, in order in order to expedite the process, what the city of Cape Coral has done is seek to be able to issue those permits directly. So we feel that we are more able to quickly address the volume and the type and nature of permits uh that come forward, as opposed to letting them all go to the Army Corps of Engineering and get bogged down in their system.
0: Well, we have far more miles of canals that and, and that would require the seawall permit.
1: Yeah, so when you look at the total number of uh, of uh, shoreline that's considered in the species habitat uh, by way of our canal system, then we we do have a very large quantity of shoreline that is available to the species to live in.
0: So, what's going on now with the uh, um, the Saj that you mentioned earlier? Uh, wh- what is the process, and how does that play out?
1: Yeah, th- what what we had previously uh, under Saj ninety one was was a five year programmatic permit, which allows the city, as I said, to issue permits um, uh, on behalf of the Army Corps of Engineers, so that we can continue to move move forward. And what we've been told um, is that the Army Corps, in in looking at renewing that permit as a result of the most recent uh, review um, that was done on the species, um, they've identified uh, two activities within that permit structure that they feel has the um, possibility of likely adversely affecting the species. So all of those other um, activities, such as uh, seawall repair, uh, outfall repair, you know, s- things such as uh, of that, where they're not necessarily a marine activity or, or let's say, a water activity, but the structure itself is the, you know, the point of contact between the land and the water. Um, those type of maintenance activities, they are considering at this point to be able to still be done under the larger uh, programmatic permit, but for those that they th- that they right now have a a likelihood of looking at and reviewing and saying, you know what, these things may end up impacting the species, they've put us on notice that they intend to remove those from the permit and that the, that they would then have to review any of those individual permits themselves.
0: Well, I think we're um, one of the things that you and I have been talking about is how we can work with the other um, government agencies in this area to help uh, move the process along and what are we planning on doing with those agencies?
1: Yeah, one of the things that came out of the Manatee uh, issue several years ago was we were able to work with the Army Corps of Engineer and all of the other agencies to develop a key that helps their reviewer in the process and also now our you know, our reviewers to determine which type of activities actually will generate a likely to impact or adversely impact the uh, species and so one of the things that we are going to be requesting uh, help from other local agencies is to support our efforts to help drive the Army Corps of Engineers and National Marine Fisheries to develop a key for the small two office, so that we can ensure that their activities are directed to the areas that really need to be scrutinized and that will really benefit the species as opposed to just bogging them down with permits and issues that may not and therefore then they're wasting time and resources on areas that where they could be putting putting elsewhere.
0: And I know with that key we're talking about okay this is an activity that may have a major impact this is an activity that might not have a, much of an impact.
1: Yeah and, and what it basically does is it, it basically allows all parties involved to know which ones are really going to need a formal consultation and which ones will not.
0: Well, Mike, it sounds like this process is going to be continuing, and it's probably something we're going to be talking about in the future, just to keep um, our residents and our listeners informed about uh, the small tooth sawfish and how the small-tooth sawfish is going to affect Cape Coral. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to spend a little, uh, a, a few moments here and, and talking about the, saw, uh, the sawfish, and we'll be talking again very soon. So thank you. Thank you. We'll see you next week on Cape Cast Audio 20. I'm Connie Barron.